All right. Hey, welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. You guys feeling good this morning? You got that extra hour of sleep, so you're going to be really tentative today. You're going to take notes. <sighs> hey, I want to welcome everybody that's watching us online right now. Um, on YouTube Live. Come on, we're switching over to YouTube Live. Um, we've heard the feedback from Facebook Live, and so we're, we just want to make the experience better for, for everybody that is watching us on YouTube Live. But also, if you're going to rewatch the message, um, man, we want you to have a better experience. And, and one of the things that we just we want to ask is if um, you guys could go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, that'll allow you to get an uh, a, a email reminder of when the service is going to start. Man, if you're out of town or you can't make it to church, you can get connected to uh, YouTube Live and watch the service online. And then also, we, we've got some original content we're going to be putting on there, some life group stuff. Um, the, the fast that is coming up in January, the 21-day fast is coming up in January. Now, don't be scarred, okay? Don't be scarred. Or it's like, we fast here? It's going to be awesome. We're hoping to do a 21-day video devotional this year on YouTube Live. So, man, there's a lot of exciting things coming up. Um, so hit subscribe uh, to our new YouTube channel. All right. Hey, we are in a series called After Life. What happens to us when we die? Okay, and if you missed last week, go online, watch the message. Um, last week was just an inspiration to get us focusing on eternity and realizing that every person's life matters. And I just want to, I really want to be transparent with, with our church and, and what happened last week. And so, I, you know, I talked about um, people struggling with suicide and, and feeling like their life doesn't matter. And, and man, I, I spent the first 10 minutes of the message last week. We had two people last week who came to me with tears in their eyes after service saying, I was thinking about committing suicide all week long, and you spoke that word to me, and I'm going to be here tomorrow. And so, man, I just, man, I, I just, I want us to be aware, you know, you, know, you think, hey, we're in church, and, and everybody's okay, and, and the reality is, is everybody's not okay, and, and when we come in here, just having the discernment of the Holy Spirit, if God tells you to go encourage somebody, go encourage somebody because it's for a reason. If God tells you to go pray with somebody, go pray with somebody because it's, it's for a reason. The Holy Spirit's probably prompting you because they had a bad week. And so, uh, man, I, I, just, I just want us to be that church that, man, we're, we're always encouraging. We're always being led by the Holy Spirit because you never know who's coming through those doors and what impact that you can have by just encouraging and asking them, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And so I just wanted to, man, I just wanted to share that win with our church today, man. Uh, just last week, man, two lives are here, okay, because of what God did last week. All right, part two of Afterlife. 
what happens to you when you die. And I am aware, okay, I am aware that most of us in this room today will have never heard this preached, okay? Some of you are never aware, you're not aware of what actually happens to you when you die, okay? And so uh, buckle up, get ready. This is a deep message, all right? You guys ready? Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this moment. God, I thank you that we can gather together as a community and, man, just give you the, the, this next 35 minutes to you. Holy Spirit, open our hearts, open our minds. God, let us understand, Lord, that our lives matter and that you have eternity awaiting for us, Lord. And so, God, I just pray that this word would fall on fertile soil, and I pray that you would help me do the best of my ability to convey your word to your people. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen and amen. We've got a lot of scripture today, okay? We've got a lot of scripture today. We've got communion today, and so I'm going to transition us after response time uh, into communion, and we're going to take the elements uh, together uh, just because, man, it's the first of the month, and we always want to remind ourselves to put God first. So let's jump right into it. Second Corinthians. And this is the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 3. Paul says this, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed. Now, Paul was a tent maker, okay? And so he likes to use tent analogies, all right? And so that's what he's using. He's using a temporary structure, which is a tent, as our temporary physical bodies. That's, that's the analogy he's using here. We have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan. Come on, anybody groan this morning as you rolled out of bed? Come on. <laughs> Longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Now he's using clothing as, a, as an example of our temporary bodies and then our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Let's continue. For while we are in this tent, again, he's talking about our temporary bodies, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, the one who has fashioned, again, he's using uh, these, these analogies, he's talking about God creating us as that word fashioned us for this very purpose is God who has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. And I love that last verse there. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior into our life, the Holy Spirit is deposited into us. And the Holy Spirit has many jobs. He's a comforter, he's a counselor, but he also guarantees us that there is something more in the next life. The Apostle Paul says in the book of Romans that all of creation points to God. And that's why Jesus says, if you seek, you will find. If you truly seek, you will find. If, if you love science, man, God loves science too. You know, if you love math, God loves math too. The more you seek, the more everything points to God. And the book of Romans says that people would not be without excuse on the time of judgment. And we're going to be talking about that today. Now, I want to take a, 
a moment to pause, okay? Because the Apostle Paul, in, this, in the book of Corinthians, he's speaking to Christians, okay? And so I want to separate this moment between Christianity and this moment that Paul's going to talk about in s- Scripture. And so I want to go to Luke 23 this morning. And I want you to see it. I just don't want to paraphrase it. I want you to see it in Scripture. Luke 23, 39 through 43. Now Jesus is hanging on the cross. This is the last moments of Jesus' life. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. He says, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. So even in this criminal's last moments, he's still self-centered and selfish. But the other criminal rebuked him. He says, don't you fear God. And I want you to understand what is happening to this other criminal in this moment, okay? He's, one, he's recognizing that Jesus is God, okay? He says, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly. So he's recognizing that he is a sinner, okay? He recognizes Jesus is God. He recognizes that he is a sinner, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. He's saying, hey, I'm a sinner. I deserve death. Right? That's what he's saying. And then he continues. He says, but this man, this man, Jesus, has done nothing nothing wrong. And so what he's saying there is that, man, Jesus is perfect. Okay? He's recognizing that Jesus is God, that Jesus is perfect. Okay? And then he continues. He says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He recognizes that Jesus is king and he has a kingdom. Jesus answers him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Like that's the process of salvation right there. A guy that lived sinful his whole life, and and this is how good the grace of God is. This criminal gets to be with paradise with Jesus. That is not what we're going to talk about this next section. We're not talking about salvation and Paul separates that too as we continue to go. So I just want you to know that that was salvation in Luke. We're not talking about this. Paul is specifically talking to Christians. So let's go back to 2 Corinthians and let's continue. I told you we're going to be in a lot of word today, a lot of scripture today. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. And last week we talked about this struggle that Paul has. He's like, oh, I wish I could be in heaven, but I know I got to be here on earth because God's got a purpose for my life. I know I'm here for a reason and a purpose, right? And so he's got this struggle and he says, for we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Let's continue. Next passage. So we make it our goal to do what? To please God. That that is our goal. Whether we are at home in the body or away from it, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So... The moment we die, the moment we pass from this life into the next, what happens is we stand before Jesus, and there's this, what's called the judgment seat, okay? Now, I know we don't like the word judgment, okay? So if we look at the word in Greek, it actually means Jesus will fully investigate our life, okay, when we stand before him. And 
that word bad in that passage that you just saw, a better translation is worthless because Jesus, well, the Apostle Paul is talking about how Jesus is going to judge. He's going to fully investigate the good things we did, like investing in eternity, right, internal things, and then the worthless things, the things that will not last in eternity. And I showed you this example last week of this rope. Remember the rope? This super long rope. The white part here, the white part here represents eternity. Look how long it is. It's all, it's all messed up right now. But this represents our time here on earth. This little, little, little black part, right? And what Paul is saying, what we do in this life matters in the next. It, it, it matters in the next. All right, let me get this out of the way. And... And so, so, so let's talk about this moment we stand before Jesus. This is what this moment is not going to be about, okay? This moment is not going to be about Jesus bringing out his holy iPad, okay? And, and going through all of our sins, okay? This, this isn't that moment. Like, 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 there's no moment like that, okay? Jesus is going to be like, all right, let's start. Five years old. You put gum in your sister's hair, and then you lied about it. Why? Right? Like, like that's not, there's no moment like that. Listen, here's the good news. Because our sins have already been eradicated. Our, Jesus has already forgiven all of our sins. The blood of Christ has covered them all. Okay, so there's not going to be a moment like that. All right, so you can just, okay, good, right? There, there's not a moment. What this moment is going to be about is we will be held accountable for everything that God has given us. Our time, our resources, our finances, good or worthless. That's what's going, that, that, that's what we're going to be held accountable for in this moment. Second John 1, 8 in, in my study Bible, it pairs these two passages together. And John, at this point in his life, when he's writing this, he's probably in his late 80s. He's Grandpa John at this moment. And this is the John, the, 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 the apostle of Jesus, John, okay? The one that writes in third person, the one that Jesus loved, the beloved, right? John actually goes to heaven, okay? And, and we're going to talk about that in the coming weeks of what he tries to describe. Paul also went to heaven. Paul doesn't even try, okay? And, and Paul doesn't even try to describe how awesome heaven is. Paul describes it as there's no earthly words. There's nothing to compare here on earth how awesome heaven is, okay? Let, let, let's read this passage in, in, in 2 John. He says this. He says, watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your, what? Full reward. Now, if you're just reading scripture on your own, you probably blow right through that scripture, right? Me, like that, that word full bothers me, okay? Because I'm thinking, why does John put full reward in there? The reason why John puts full reward in there and not just reward, because it means that we can get a partial reward. 
It means we can get 25% of the reward. Now, listen to me, listen to me. And this is why you probably never heard a, me a message on this is because people can get weird and legalistic, okay? That's not what we need to be right now, okay? And, and I'll get to that in a moment. But heaven, okay, so heaven is amazing. Heaven's awesome, right? Paradise is awesome. But apparently there's rewards that we get that we're held accountable for while we're here on earth. So if you're like me, if you're like me, I'm like, okay, so how do I get a full reward, right? Like, like because remember, remember, look how, look, look like how, how much white there is, right? Eternity is forever. And we'll, we'll talk about this in the coming weeks. We actually, heaven is not our eternal destination because God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth, and it's going to be amazing. But but what we do in this small time that we're here on earth, it matters where we spend eternity. And that's why we have to make our life matter. That's why we have to have this eternal perspective because it's really easy to get a self-centered, selfish perspective about our life. So how, how do I get a full reward, okay? Now, there's a couple passages of Scripture that Jesus kind of just gives us a little sneak peek. And, and it's in two of the Gospels. And whenever you see similar passages in the Gospels, it's called the harmony of the Gospels, which means that it's really important and we should pay attention when Jesus is saying this, okay? And, and I want to read these two passages here that go together. Mark 9, 40 through 41. Anyone who is not against us is for us. Now, Jesus is, is talking to his disciples, and he says, if anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. Let's go to the next passage. Matthew 10, 42. This is Jesus again. He says this, and if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. Okay, and so Jesus, I believe that Jesus just brings it down, okay? And the reason why he brings it down to something as simple as giving a cup of water, because I believe that Jesus is like, hey, this is something everybody can do. Everybody can do this. And I believe it, it, it comes down to three categories. It comes down to three categories, this full reward. And, and that is how well you served other people in this life, how well you gave, and how obedient you were to the call of God upon your life. I, I believe those three things are, are the key to us receiving that full reward when, when, when we stand before Jesus. And, and, and I believe it, it overflows out of this idea of our lives are supposed to be about pleasing God. So how do we please God? We please God first by the two most important commandments that Jesus tells his disciples. He says, love God with all your soul, mind, and body, right? And then love people as yourself. Love people as yourself. And I believe if, if that's where we need to start. We really need to, man, we really need to fall in love with Jesus and love him with all of our heart, mind, and soul. Because when we do that, the byproduct is that we wanna serve other people. We wanna give to people. And when we love people as ourselves, man, 
when we give that, that, that coffee, right? When we make coffee in, in, in the cafe area. Man, like, like if you just start thinking about eternal rewards, and we don't do it because, oh, man, I, I'm going to make coffee this morning for the church so, so I can get eternal rewards. No, no, we do it because we love God, and we just want to please him, and we know that people enjoy coffee, and we want them to be caffeinated when they come and they worship so they can worship good, right? So they stay awake for pastor's message. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, but, you know, you know, making goodies, like, for people, you know, there were, there were chocolate goodies out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing more spiritual than chocolate. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> greeting people, serving in the nursery, serving kids. Like, man, just those things. I'm telling you. Like, it's those things that God's like, man, thank you for serving selflessly. Thank you for, for giving. Listen, when you give... When you give 10%, when you tithe, when you give sacrificially, you are not giving to a church. You are giving to God. Okay, God sees it. And, and, and some of us, we have this mentality of, if I give, then God should, should, should give me, right? If I give, then I should get from God. I'm telling you right now, when you give financially, man, God does miracles. He does do miracles. But I'm telling you today, it's better if he doesn't bless you in this life, but bless you in the next. Oh, I'm just... <laughs> look, at, look at this passage in Proverbs 19:17. If you help the poor. Look at this. You are lending to the Lord. What? You're lending to the Lord and who will repay you? He will repay you. And I'm telling you, so when you give to someone who is poor, they can't give anything back to you. And that's what Solomon is saying in this passage. They, they can't possibly give anything back to you. So you'll be lending from, you'll be lending to the Lord. And let me tell you, the rewards are in Eternity, and I'm telling you right now, it's way better that they're in eternity and not here. Because I, I think, I know, okay, I know that we, we get so busy, we get focused on our lives, we get so focused on work and our family and our marriage and, and sports and stuff, and we just, we, we focus so much on this little black part, Right? And, and, and the reality is, is we're investing in things that are, man, are not eternal. Let's continue. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 13. And this is Paul again. He says this, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have Jesus Christ. So Paul's saying, look, Jesus is the foundation, okay? Anything you do, man, Jesus has to be the foundation, okay? Anything you do has to be through Jesus, okay? Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, okay, when we pass from this life, we don't automatically go to heaven. And again, we're, 
Paul's talking specifically to the Corinthian church. He's talking to believers. We stand before Jesus, and fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. You can continue. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, okay? So, the, you know, this is how we know Paul's talking about Christians, right? The, the builder will be saved. The builder was a follower. The builder was a Christian. But the builder invested in temporary things. The builder, okay, 401ks are not bad, okay? I have one. The builder focused all of his life on his 401k and his retirement. You know that, that, that little black spot, right? The little black spot that, that represents our time here on earth. They really focus on the last 10 years of their life. Like, I'm going to work. I'm going to sacrifice time with my, my family just so I can enjoy the last 10 years and I can go golfing every day. And that's, that's what I'm focused on, right? What Paul says is that everything that is not pure gets burnt up. Because whatever is, is made of gold, right, whatever is gold, whatever w w was eternally uh, focused on eternity, what happens to that? It becomes purified. Okay, and that's the reward. We're going to stand before Jesus. We're going to be held accountable for everything we've done in this body. All the time, all the resources, all the talents, all the gifts. And listen, it's the Holy Spirit that you're hearing right now, okay? It's not shame, okay? It's conviction, okay? And, and convict, God gives, the Holy Spirit gives us conviction so that we would make our lives matter. Because attached to every single person in this room is someone that we're supposed to affect for eternity. When we stand before Jesus, like this, like we're held accountable for everything, every dollar that we've spent. And Listen, I, I tell you this as your pastor because I don't want you to stand before Jesus and be like, well, nobody told me. I didn't know. I just thought we all just went to heaven and that was it, you know. We floated on clouds and played volleyball with angels. You know, like, I didn't know, right? <laughs> And I'm telling you this because I want your life to matter. Because your life does matter. No matter who you are, God's got purpose. He's got plan. He wants us to focus on eternity. And it's so easy to get distracted by this life. It is so easy to get distracted. Because the devil does not want us focusing on eternity and bringing people to eternity with us. Let's look at this last passage here in Mark 10, 28 through 29. And I love this so much, Peter. I love Peter so much because he's us. Like, he's so human in this moment. I love it. I, I love it so much. It's, he asks questions that nobody else wants to ask, but everybody else is thinking, right? And Peter, like, they... They gave up everything to follow Jesus, okay? And I think sometimes we romance, 
romanticize what it would be like to be with Jesus and follow Jesus and, and you know, wake up with him every morning. And, and do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think we romanticize that. They were homeless, okay? Like, Jesus used a rock for a pillow. Like, who's signing up for that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, they, were, they, were, they slept in a fields, and, and it was just... It was not romantic, right? Do you know what I'm saying? I think we romanticized that. And, and, and it was hard. It was exhausting because Jesus was just like, man, I got, I got a small time, and I got to make this time count. And so he was go, 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 go all the time. He was go, go. He knew his purpose, and, and he had a small amount of time, so he was go, go all the time. And so Peter, probably exhausted, was like, what do we get? by the way. Because, listen to this, just, just, just think about this for a moment. Because walking with God in flesh every day wasn't enough. <laughs> they got to walk with God every day. They got to watch God do miracles every day, feed 10,000 people, like heal diseases, and, and, and man, they, they watched it. And at one point, Peter's like, what do we get? Wait a minute, we left everything. I'm exhausted. Like, is there a point to all of this? Like, Jesus, I know you're helping people, but, but what do I get, right? It's so, it's so self-centered. But, but many of us, I'm like, I would be the same way. Like, Jesus, like, this is great, but and I left my wife and my kid in, in my house. And you know what I mean? Like I left everything, my career, just to follow you around. Like, is there a point to this, right? And Jesus was ready for that. Jesus was ready for that. He says this. Peter says, well, we've given up everything to follow you. And Jesus says, yes. And I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children, or property, for my sake, and for the good news, let's continue, will receive now, in return, a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property, along with persecution, and in the world to come, here we go, in the world to come, that person will have eternal life, but many who are the greatest now will be least important then, and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. So, Jesus goes through this list, okay? Jesus goes through this list if you've given up houses. Now, okay, so some eight years ago when Dawn and I, we left everything, we gave up our house, we sold our house, we sold everything in Jacksonville, Florida, and we moved here um, to start Passionate Life Church. I wasn't thinking in my mind, hey, I'm going to give up this house so God, when we move to Colorado, I can be rich dad, poor dad, right? I can become a real estate mogul because he says I'm going to get 100 houses if I give up one, and so I'm going to come here and be a real estate mogul. That's not what I was thinking. When we moved here, it was out of the, the basic understanding of this is what pleases God, and we want to be obedient to him. That, that was it. Like we wanted, we wanted the plan of God for our life. 
We love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. We love people. And so we just wanted to please God. And so instead of it coming out of this legalistic, man, I need to give up a house so I can get 100 houses. And I don't believe that Jesus is talking about getting 100 houses here. I believe he's talking about eternal life because the next passage he says, and receive eternal life. And so I believe that this is the reward that Peter's going to get when he gets to heaven because he gave up his house Listen, I'm telling you, it is better if God rewards us in eternity than here. And so it, it, it just it comes down to this place. Do I want to please God with my life? Do I truly love him with all my heart, soul, and mind? And do I want to be obedient to what he's asking me to do? Because here's the thing, and, and I think this is where we get off sometimes. We're like, well... So I need to move to India, right? Quit my job, take the family to India, start an orphanage and live in a hut, right? Like, like so we, we get crazy, right? We, we get, and, and so we think that, and so instead of moving to India, we quit and we don't even try. And we stay in this temporary life, focusing on temporary things, and we don't do anything to change. It's about being obedient to where God's called you. I'm telling you, there, there's going to be some stay-at-home moms that have raised some awesome Christian children that are going to be some of the most important people in heaven because, see, that's why Jesus puts that in. You know, here on this earth, we think this person's important. We think that person's important. But that's not how I look at it. I look at someone's life. How obedient have you been to me? How well did you do the resources and the talent and, and the family that I gave you and the people that I gave you? How well did you steward them? And so whether you're called to be a stay-at-home mom or a teacher or a construction worker, like that is your mission field. And now some of you might be called to go to India to start an orphanage, okay? Some, some of you might be called to do that. But for most of us, God has called us here. He's planted us here in Littleton, Colorado to make a difference for our city, our state, and our country. And we do that by getting eternal perspective. And we start seeing people in our office, our family members, as people who God wants to be in eternity with him. Because, man, Scripture says that Jesus doesn't want any to perish. Any. None. Because we're all his children, right? And this really helps me, okay? Last thing. This really helps me when I struggle with, with difficult people, okay? And I, I was struggling with someone in my past recently, and this is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, that person, he's my son. That person is my daughter, and I love them so much, as much as I... Here's the thing. God can't love us any more than he loves us right now in this moment. He, he can't love... God loves you so much. And what he's just asking for us is just that we would love him back in return, and that we would give our lives to him. We would be obedient to him, and we would want to please him with our lives, because I'm telling you, when you make this life matter, man, eternity is, eternity is gonna be awesome regardless, but you're gonna receive everything, that full reward that God wants to give us, amen?
Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I'm not sure if I would, uh, I would even make it to heaven at this point. I've just been living for myself and, and been distracted by the things of this world. And, and, and I just, I need to make a commitment right now this morning to love you and to put you first. I just ask that every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If that's you, just go ahead and slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Yes. 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 You put your hands down. And I would just ask that we'd all repeat this prayer this morning as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sin, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap. Man, heaven is rejoicing.